Watch who? Hello. Hello, and welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. Right, we're here. We are ready to vote. Are you going to... You... <laughs> I was like, what's he on about? <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to do yes or no for the governor? It's coming up in a minute. Yes. Yeah, me too. Why not? He's all right. <laughs> He's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like the governor. Great. Well, well, everyone, you join us here in our little... <laughs> we're done. The podcast is... Yeah. yeah. So next time... <laughs> Well, we, we, I've set up the little podcast thing here in this little room, so we keep an eye on what's happening on Varos on the screen. We'll have our little TV dinner that comes out the shoot. Yeah. It's quite, yeah, it's quite cosy here. So it's Vengeance on Varos this week is what I'm trying to say with my amazing intro there. But before we start, do you have any updates or anything? Well, I mean, we've just talked about it, but like, I have to talk about... It's been so long since we've talked about our food issues. Well, yeah, your food issues. It always happens, usually, to your takeaway orders. Um, but, okay, tell everyone what's happened today. So, me and Mark were due to record almost two hours ago now. <laughs> <laughs> so, we were due to record. Mark messaged me. I was like, yeah. And I thought, and I'd only had a meal deal because I've been working today. And I was like, oh, I, was like I could make something, but I'm feeling lazy. I know, I'll order a takeaway. And then we were going to record at half six. I thought, half five, sit there, watch this, eat my tea, and I'll be ready to go. I ordered the food, and then I got a notification the guy was here, and I went downstairs, and it was, like, just all a bit weird. He was just like, it was another part, and I went, hi, UK. He's like, yeah. And I was like, are you for Sarah? And then he came over, and he showed me screen. It said my name, and I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm Sarah. And then he was like, oh, it's cold. I went, yeah, yeah, it is cold. And he just was taking a long time sorting himself out, which is, you know, whatever. It's cold. It's fine. I was, in my head, I was thinking, like, I don't want my food getting cold. But, like, I was like, fine, just take your time. And then he went, oh, don't forget to tip. And I went, okay. And he went, give me a tip. Give me a tip. I went, yeah, okay. And then he, like, had my food out of the way and was going, coins. And I went, what? He went, give me coins give me a tip and I was like okay <laughs> and it was just all a bit weird he's just kept going yeah give me a tip give me a tip and I was like yeah okay okay so yeah so and he's like got his hand out but he's like holding my food out the way so I just sort of like really slowly went down and grabbed the food and like took it off him and he's going uh what and I went yeah okay thank you thank you for the delivery and he's like no give me a tip give me a tip and I was like yeah bye and I like shut the door I left. I was like, that was really weird. Just odd. Go upstairs, open it. I'd ordered like a burger and it's a load of sushi. But at that point, my only option was to call him. And I was like, well, I don't want to call him because that was really weird at the door. Like it was weird. And I was just uncomfortable. It was just like, you know, and sometimes I do tip if it's like cold like this. Like tonight, it's January, it's cold. People are out there. I do, I do tip like. And I got a good deal on it. It was on a meal deal. So I was like, yeah, but it was just so weird and inappropriate. And also, like, as I was walking away, he's like at the door shouting. No, that's well, no, and he got the, but he got your order wrong anyway. So you shouldn't have And then he gave me the, the food. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so I was like, 
what do I do now? So I tried to contact Uber and there's just no way of doing it. You you can, there is, there's always, always, but then you just have to wait. Now Deliveroo, they put you through to someone and you can talk, but you had to wait. And so I had to do like two reports because I had to report like I haven't got the right food and I had to report this man was being inappropriate because I thought he was. Yeah, you know, I can I'm like I've worked in hospitality, I've worked on a bar, Mark see me. I can like hold my own. And I was just kind of like it just felt really, you know, I, I didn't like that I almost had to, like, unhostage my food. Yeah. <laughs> it was just really odd. So I'm trying to contact them. And I said to Mark, like, look, I'm trying to sort this food out. And then eventually someone from Uber got in touch about, oh, then I was like, it had been, like, 20, 30 minutes. No one had been in touch. So then I went on Twitter and I put something on Twitter thinking, like, maybe they'll respond there. And then someone responded on the app and said, like, oh, he is, um, uh, what, they, what did they say? Like, yeah, this isn't appropriate. We're going to scale it up. Someone will be in contact with you about this. And I was like, yeah, but what about my food? <laughs> I'm hungry. And like, I didn't, I, I didn't want to order food in case it, something was reordered. I didn't want to like, you know, I've reported it. It's for them to sort of tell me how they're going to do it. Eventually I found a way around it and I managed to like, get it refunded, which in itself felt really inappropriate because I was like, it's not Las Iguanas' fault, which is where I'd ordered this burger from. It's not their fault. They've now, like, probably lost that money because it'll be refunded to me. And for, like, the food not being a, whatever, I'd, I'd, I'd had to put through as inappropriate because I was like, I can't just see it. And, like, I just kept asking. And then I'm tw- like, but what, like, what do I do about the food? Because I, I want to order more food. I'm hungry. And I'm getting hungry. And Mark knows I get hungry. Mm-hmm. So, like... Mark's nodding. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I felt really bad, but I was like, I don't, and then also I couldn't guarantee that like, I nearly went to like um, Deliveroo and thought, do I just order it from there? And then I was like, but what if like I end up with the same driver, at least through Uber Eats now I've reported that and I don't really want to end up with the same guy again because that's weird. Um, anyway, and then I messaged a friend who likes sushi and he just lives down the road and I went, do you want some free sushi? Because like no one's claiming this sushi. I can't even get it like... It's sushi. I was like, do you want some free sushi? And um, so he came and got it. And then he waited while the new driver came. And I, because I just told him what happened. He was like, well, I'll wait until they come and then you can go down, which in itself is ridiculous. Like, you shouldn't have to do that. But I was grateful. And I'm also grateful. Thank you, Doctor Who um, Massive out there who backed me up on Twitter when some like weird troll was like, <laughs> like being inappropriate and like what you're doing so thank you doctor who fandom for having my back with uber eats well we all need to vote no for sarah's uber driver <laughs> <laughs> he is not he's been sent to the punishment dome <laughs> just, it was just weird it was just odd and like not cool no and also, who has cash nowadays? Who has coins? Like, what did you think I was going to do? Come upstairs, dig out some coins and come back down. It was all really weird. And well, it's just... probably trying to bypass the app because they take, what, a percentage probably or something, well, isn't it? And like, yeah. and that's bad on them because technically they shouldn't do that because tips are not under, like, there's a thing about it. Like, you can't do it. But it wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, the next driver gave him a tip because he was very nice and polite and he gave me my food quickly and we just gave it me, took his picture, and off he went. And I was like, great. That's how it should be done, yep. And then in all of that, <laughs> did you watch Vengeance on Varos while you had your takeaway? Yeah, yeah. So, like, while that was going on, I had to, like, stop and, like, I had to pause it now and then to sort out an Uber thing. 
which wasn't the plan. I am saying, I'll say this now, I am struggling with the new format. Just me and my own viewing experience and way. And that surprised me. I thought this would be easier and it's taken me a while to get used to it. We've been doing this for so long. I've got into like my rhythm of how I can watch these and how I do it and how I retain it. And so, you know, in my head, normally about half an hour before we record, I'll watch the last episode so it's fresh. And now I'm having to plan like an hour before. There's more to remember as well. In, in one go, yeah. In one go. Also, the first episode, I seem to find a lot more I take in. The second one, and but it was the same last week. I struggled last week, and it didn't help the whole Uber thing this week. But, like, I just don't take it in as well. And I don't know if it's because I know it's like I've got one to do, and I don't know. I need to reshift how I watch it, I think, and think about it because it's just not quite working right now. I think, like, because I, I never know. So until we started, until we started the season, I didn't know we were going to be doing it this way. In my head, it always went on until the new Who came, as just like. Okay, well, spoiler: this is the only season that does it this way. It does go oh, back really? to twenty-five afterwards. Yeah, so it doesn't stay this way if you are struggling. See again, that's that's it because I didn't know it was coming. And now I would have just presumed this is how it went forward until you've said that. And that's also interesting because I, yeah, I, I am struggling with it. But then, yeah, with the new series, it will go to 45 minute episodes, but they are a whole story in one. You're just doing one 45 and that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Last week, I very much feel, so I'm talking a lot. Last week, you talked a lot because I had to get that chicken out of the oven. This week, I'm talking <laughs> yes. a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, the first stories I usually enjoy. The first like episode, sorry, I usually enjoy. It's the second part. And I don't know if it's because they're getting used to the new format and therefore it feels a bit clumpy and like they're trying to get everything tied up almost because they know they've got to tie it up in this one. Whereas I don't know if it's like that as a writing style structure and like they've had their format for so I don't know. Or whether it's me as a viewer. Well, I I find the second episodes quite difficult to get through like i did in this one because yeah. my what well, but my favorite part of a story is that part one exploring yeah you know and i used to love the terminator part one where it's just the doctor companion exploring for like 25 minutes on their own a lot of the time but here no you can't do anything like that at all you have to be right in the story the struggle is real okay we'll keep that in mind as we talk about <laughs> this this oh, season time. then or try. Or should, I, or should I go through stuff then? I'll go through my notes, see what you picked up on this. So, Vengeance on Varos, which is quite highly regarded. I really enjoyed the initial setup with the two people. Because also, they're not really relevant to the story at all. And it starts with them. They're just like the people, of, they're just like the viewers. Do you know what I mean? Watching it all unfold. They have no impact us other than like the yes no, but they always one's yes, one's no. You don't it's not like we've seen loads of different rooms. They have no impact on that story other than to just be the voices of like other people and different yes. yeah, that, And that's kind of it. And I, but I also loved it as a setup. Yeah, that's Arak and Etta. So I genuinely thought they were gonna be like some pivotal point of the story, and they're not. Well, it's really interesting the structure of this, yeah. 
and what it's about as well, because we talked last week about the violence in Doctor Who. And again, we do have a lot of violence in this, and there were a lot of complaints about this one being that, too violent. See, it reminded me of Big Brother. I just thought Big Brother or Traitors. This is before any reality TV. This is before all of the voting stuff. It's quite ahead of its time in a way, but it's also commentating on stuff being too violent. But in doing so, it is being violent and getting complained about for being too violent. Yeah, so yeah. There's, there's a lot of different layers to this story. But yeah, it really is, I think, ahead of its time. In, and it's perfect for a Doctor Who story to talk about. Of course about. it. And like the concept itself is quite simple to follow, right? You've got a planet that makes a product. You've got some weird slug thing that needs watering that gives food in exchange for product. And they're trying to renegotiate a price, right? That's and like that. And then the other side product they have is their system means that things are tortured and they sell that as entertainment. That's and that that's pretty much that's that. it. That's yeah. it. And so it's a very simple concept. And then the doctor, the TARDIS is broke, and they need that product to fix it. Very simple. We see people that rebel against the system because they think it's, you know, and they're the ones that are getting tortured. Very simple things to follow. Where things get a little bit murky for me is well, and I'm sure we'll come, it's not it's not the commander. What's he called? The the governor. The governor. Yeah, the governor. So you've got the governor, right? And that again to me, that was quite clear. They do it really well. It, it's a classic first story thing. They set it up really well and give you time to understand. He goes in. He has to sit. He makes a thing. They can vote. We see people voting. And if they don't agree, he gets executed, and over time that will become worse for him. Very simple. What I didn't understand was the other the guard people, and you know that one that's working with the slug? Oh, the sort of bold guy working with us. Yeah. yeah. And I was kind of like, why? Like, what are you gaining from this? I like, and also just some of the guard, I guess like I couldn't understand other than because it's what they know to do. And maybe that was just it. I couldn't understand a lot of like the dark. Like, why did bold guy want to work with the slug? Why did it like? (laughs) 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 Why? Like, so they're in league together. I think they don't like the governor. So basically, he wants to take over as governor, and so they're doing these like dodgy dealings. But bold guy doesn't want to take over as governor. I think he does. I think Slug wants to just rule it all and make it so desperate for them that they have no choice but to, and then he will be the... That's how I understood it in the end. But that whole time, I just... I don't think he does because... Well, well, it says on here, he's called the chief officer instead of bold guy, and it says on wiki here, the chief officer was in league with Seal to have the governor of Varos replaced with one who would agree to keep the prices of Zeton 7 low. So it's like a political thing, yeah. So he wanted the governor replaced, basically. And then he was working with Sil, so then he would say to Sil, help me get him replaced and I will make sure that the prices are still low for you. Yeah. But, like, I couldn't understand his motive for it. Well, you need a bit of extra to keep the the people having to work. I kind of understood why the governor was trying to get a higher price because he's like, well... 
we can have a better life. Yeah, but also that he will get killed on the vote if he doesn't do a good job. Lower the price of your commodity a little, please. My people deserve fair prices for the Zyton 7 all. Which I think everyone, like the government nowadays, could take me. a I leaf out of that. Yeah, but there was a part of me when I was like watching it and I was like, can you imagine how like engaged we would be as a society? Not like everything, but if like once a day on major decisions, okay, this is what we're deciding to do, or this is the next big policy, this is what we're deciding to do, you vote yes or no. And if you have so many no's in a row, then you can't do it because you can only decide what the people want. You are like the channel for that. How much more engaged people might be in politics? And then I think of Brexit and I think what a terrible idea it would be. Well, I can see something like this happening in, like, 20 years. Like, it's not so far off. It's, I mean, referendums happen all the not all the time. They're very, they are supposed to be rare things. They're supposed to be very rare things. But in the last few years, they've happened a lot. And, I mean, we've had the Scottish referendum. We've had the EU referendum. Like, different countries have referendums. They're not supposed to be common things. But it's that idea of, like, well, you say as the public and we have to... We don't have to enforce that, but by you voting for us, we are choosing to enforce that. And, I mean, just in politics in general, and like, MPs... I mean, I'm not saying we, like, kill them or torture them or anything. <laughs> but if there'll be something... But there's something like that where if you're not doing your job, if you're not getting the results or the things that you say then people can vote and say, like, well, actually, no, you're out of your job now because you haven't done what you say. This I don't know why this winds me up. I'm not, like, I don't follow politics that deeply at all. I really don't. But I see, like, you know, stuff on YouTube and interviews and stuff with MP. And I just, well, and I, and I always just think... It's all post office thing, Mark. It's all post office going on. This has been going on for 10 years, and now it's a, an election year. Suddenly it can be sped through. And because Ian Hislop was on... Um, one of, I can't remember the BBC show, and he was talking about it, and he was like, he's been reporting on this since 2011. Like, this isn't new information, and it's taken an ITV drama, the public to go, what? What is going on? For them to suddenly start debating it in Parliament. And I know Boris Johnson was trying to do it, but he kept getting hold up by the post office. Like, the whole thing's just crazy. I mean, if there was something a bit more like Varos-like to sort stuff like this out, then fine. <laughs> but I just, I just think if you're an MP, if you're prime minister, it is your job and responsibility for the whole of the country, and you need to know everything that's happening. It's your responsibility. You are paid a lot of money and given a lot of privileges because you have the toughest job in the whole country more than anybody else and the most responsibility. That's why you get loads of money. And I'm not saying like, yeah, yeah, MPs earn a lot of money because they have a lot of responsibility and therefore have to work the hardest. The Prime Minister should be the hardest working person in the whole country. That's what he's paid for. And when they're like on the interview, I see interviews and like, oh, I don't know the numbers of that or I don't know this. I'm like, you are paid a lot of money to do this. You're also you're in charge and you have the responsibility. And also you are working for everybody else in the country. It is you work you work for us to do that. And I think that's what's lost in I think I don't know, this is very general, but it's like people think, oh, I'll get into politics, I'll earn loads of money, but I don't actually have to do anything. And if there was a vote or something that actually was like, if you're not working hard enough or doing your job, I like think, you should. I think it's changing though. 
I do think it's changing. I mean, that's um, just general. Not if that's not everybody, obviously. No. But I think if you'd have gone back like 10, 20 years, there were people that... But I think... I don't know. I think people are getting... The internet thing provides knowledge and resource instantly, which we didn't have before. And actually, a lot of our news came through journalism and newspapers, right? So, which dictated a lot of how things were said and done. That's not the case anymore, which means people now, that also means there's different kinds of misinformation spread, right? So, like, it means there's so much information, but now we've so much different information to look at. It means that people can be more informed or uninformed about something than ever. Which also means that you can have an opinion and a voice, whether it's with the right knowledge or not. That's a whole other thing. But I think it makes it means that, like, when people are in those positions, they have to be accountable more. And I think they want to be because they this because they're only in there as long as people vote for them to be there. And I mean, I'm. It's interesting here in like Cardiff, like we're. Um, we're going to have a new first... So that was it. So we're obviously going to have a new first minister because Mark Drakeford stepped down. God, we have really gone into mm. this, haven't we, Mark? We've gone deep. <laughs> no one can say this is a short one. Bloody hell. Um, so we're going to have a new first minister. I'm a Labour member, so I'll get a vote in that. I'll get to decide, like, I'll have a vote as... I won't have a vote as being a citizen in Wales. I'll get a vote as being a Labour member. And I... Honestly, like, we'll see what comes of it. I've, I've got to go to a thing about it. It'll be the first time I'm voting, actually, like, for that. Not first time voting, but, for, like, I've, I've not been a Labour like, member long, I don't know. But it was he was saying, Mark Drakeford, like, because they brought in the 20-mile-per-hour speed limit thing, and I think it was, like, end of December or start of this year, he did an interview, and he sort of said, like, they handled the 20-mile-per-hour. He didn't say it was the wrong decision. He said we handled it wrong, and we should have been clear of information and different how we would have done it. But the, he said that the most re- things they get requests on, it's not about the 20 mile per hour speed limit. It's animals and animal welfare. He said they get hundreds and hundreds every single week about animals and animal, more than anything else. That's what they get requests on. That's re- And like we've also just had the whole thing with um, XL bullies and stuff like that. And I mean, no one knows what's going on with the rules and stuff around. It's terrible and... I mean, yeah, I could talk about that for a long time. I could talk about how, again, shortcut situation, let's blame the dog and kill off loads of innocent dogs rather than humans who have done terrible things and punishing them because that's a lot harder to do and prove and would require more legislation. So let's just kill off a load of dogs, whatever. Um, you, you don't get bad animals, you get bad people, whatever. That's the end of my rant on that. It's animals. Like, that's what people care about. That's what they, they want, like, fairer things for animals and fair rights, you know. It's, it. I don't know, it's, if we had more, like, we do have say and we do have, like, these sorts of things. It's just where the priorities sit and lie with people and I don't know. True. Yeah. Well, bringing it back to Varos, <laughs> just, <laughs> just slightly. I would love a system <laughs> where if they brought in a policy and we had, like, referendum votes on every single thing, I'd be yes all... Or no. If everyone had that button in their house, yes or no? Um, well, so well, just keeping on that subject, then the governor, because he's obviously got to that space, but he's he doesn't believe in it. No, do you no, feel no, sympathy no, no. for he him? See, he's trying to make change. He's trying to make things better, and he talks, doesn't he, about how like it's an unfair system because ultimately it gives you no 
way of like actually making things better because all and this is also comes back to what i said if we had a referendum vote and everything the amount of information and misinformation would mean that like we'd never truly like you know mm. that, and quite, that's almost their own failing because you don't see you know much of the world you see the governor and then his few people and those and then etta and Iraq watching the tv but you yeah, a whole sense of the society and how it is and everything really quickly. They've don't they've done that really well. I would like to see a bit more about how the governor got there and because you're well, not sure said, at the though, beginning. He did explain it. He said like once you're in that because he says to that guy like, well, you could be next. Once you're put into those guard positions, your name gets put in, and if you're called out, you're the governor. Like there's you don't even like it's not like I want to be the governor. I'll put myself forward. Choose me. They're just picked out of a hat, and it's like right, you run it now. We see, oh God, I've got to get everyone's everyone's got so many complicated names in this one. So John Dar, he's the guy that's been tortured at the beginning. Can we just talk about all the tortures? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It felt a little bit like torture porn at some points. Well, yeah, I mean, I was watching I watched this on the Blu-ray, and they've got all clips from the time, like points of view at the time, and it's all parents writing in being like, I'm not letting my children watch Doctor Who again. I'm not like loads of parents complaining. Because this is going out at six o'clock on a Saturday. It's very like he's there, bare chested. And I enjoyed the line where she's like, they're not acting. And then he's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. And he's really good. But like, it, I was like, well, but he is acting, surely. Like, are you saying they are actually torturing this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what are they? No, but you know. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. same as like Big Brother being edited or stuff. Oh, that's not real. What is real on reality TV or not? It's a comment on that before people knew it. That guy, the guy that plays John Dart, is played by Jason Connery, son of Sean Connery. Oh! Forget Errol Flynn's son. This is Sean Connery's <laughs> Are son you sure, now. Mark? Have you made claims like this before? One hundred percent. This is Sean Connery's son. His first TV role. Ah, oh, that's cute. So, yeah, but yeah, it goes right into that torture stuff. Doctor and Perry start off in the TARDIS for quite a bit. I think their relationship is quite good in this. It's yeah, definitely. I agree. In fact, it felt very like classic Doctor. I, re- I enjoyed it for that reason. There's a little bit of bickering at the beginning, but it's not like it has been before. And it's. It was like, it reminded me of. Um, Tegan. Tegan bickering rather than. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the bit, I suppose the bit where the Doctor sort of is very sort of overly dramatic, where he's like, well, we've run out of fuel. I'm just going to rot here now. Perry, you're going to die here. That's it. I felt that was a bit over the top, but it, yeah, f- the rest of the story, I mean, they don't really have much time for any of that kind of stuff. The Doctor is brilliant throughout, and Perry gets a good chunk of the story. So, yeah, they're back back to actually quite good in this. And Pe- a, yeah, it's a good story for both of them, actually. And when We meet Syl quite early on as well. What are your impressions of Syl? The slug. Syl the slug, yes. <laughs> Um, so do you know what he reminded me of initially? And you're gonna have to remind me the name. Do you remember the um the guy at the desk and he was the, the he governed and it was all about money? Oh yeah, was, from the Sunmakers, yeah. Yeah. What was he reminded me a little bit of him? The collect was he the collector, the collector. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, he wasn't the collector. What was he? What was the, the collector? collector was the... Oh no, please try that again. Set my Al off. Alexa, stop it. Hang on, what's his name? Yeah, he was the collector, wasn't he? I thought the collector was the guy with the hat, and he was more the pl- plain 
No, I think it. I think it was the collector because then it was the gatherer. Oh right, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You are right. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, it's right, a little bit are. like that. I'm sort of obsessed with the money and getting all that stuff. But what I mean, what do you think of like the look and the costume and everything? Because it's really effective. I think it is. He was just a bit annoying, but like, yeah, but it's it's a good character. It's a well, it was a good character because it was a a monster as such. It's sort of only monster in this. But he's got a lot of dialogue. He's a he's a proper character as well as being. He's like an alien character rather than just monster of the week. And all his movements, all of his sort of tantrums, and everything. I think it's really well played. Oh yeah, I mean it's just his face. That's all he can perform with. So he really performs with it. <laughs> yes. What is his body? He's none of a movement. It's yeah. literally his face. He's a slug. <laughs> he looks like a a rotten banana. <laughs> we've had a slug recently didn't we we've had that grey slug yeah I feel like he's more of a banana shape than slug shape as we get into the story so we've got the punishment dome and we've got all of these different basically different trials as they go along which we love I mean we love a quest it's not exactly a quest but it's also it's sort of like that in terms of what's going to be next what they're going to meet next at the end of the corridor as they go sort of sort of mariner style going from one theme to I, another I enjoyed yeah what do you think of all the different things? Because what do they have first? It was, oh, what do they have? The, oh, well, there was the one with the giant fly, which made things look bigger and scared them. Yeah. There was that, that was one, the, the first pur- one, I think. The purple zone. There was a purple zone. There was the one where there was like their doubles and they were going to fall down the pit if they followed their doubles. The sand zone before that. The doctor was in the sand zone, yeah. And then we had all the vines and stuff at the end, the poisonous vines so you had to get through. I feel like there was one more. but There was one more. Uh can't remember it. Oh, they're sort of um the eye. They thought it was a monster in the dark, but it was just lights. Yeah, the two the two lights. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the way it's realized, maybe not the most effective, but in terms of getting the idea across. I yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was like sort of like um a crystal maze sort of idea. You've got to do all the get through all the things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Progress <It's>... through the game. <laughs> I mean, you could definitely see, I don't know, Davina presenting this, you know, being like Do you want another one? And here's, John Dar- <laughs> here's John Darby tortured. Do you want another one? <laughs> you know, who's going through the purple zone? You know, that kind of thing. In terms of the look of it, it's that got that darkness. It's it's all studio. Okay, yeah, and, I can imagine that. And I suppose the only thing is, you know, when they're running away from the guards, there's those little golf cart things. That- I was going to say, the golf carts are like the worst part for me. I mean, they're so slow. It's so much quicker just to run than get in the car, press go <laughs> to chase them. Uh, so, yeah, that, that lets it down a little bit. But overall, I think it's, in terms of the production, it's quite effective. With the other, So the other characters, so we've got John Dar, which we talked about, and then we've also got Aretta, who was the blonde girl that joins them. Do you remember her? Yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. the partner of... Yeah, so she gets sort of... She's like a bit of a rebel, isn't she, and everything. Um, then there's the guard that helps them get escape. He gets shot early on. I can't remember his name. Um, but really, it's it's those four. It's like Perry, the Doctor, John Dar, and Aretta going through everything. Um, they get split up a bit later on. We've also got all these other guards. So we've talked about Bold Guy. Um, Quillam is the one with the mask, who... Again, we sort of we had, you know, we had Sheriff Jack 
like a few t- like and that was really effective and everything this is like quillam is like sort of scrappy do to sherish checks scooby doo <laughs> if you see what i mean <laughs> he's like a really yeah, sort yeah. of small like a not of great he's version. not as as impactful as sherish jack was no no with the whole mask and i'm thing. sure that perry's pleased about it i mean that could again yeah. i mean perry trauma watch it's not in terms of the doctor and you stuff, there's no trauma. She just had to watch the guy getting tortured. She just had to watch the commander. Well, she, well, she got turned into a bird for a bit, but it, I, I wouldn't say that was the worst <laughs> thing that's happened to her. <laughs> so, in terms of Perry Trauma, you watch, said that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should recap everything that's happened to Perry every time. Just see, yeah, like, just a reminder. Just to, you know. It's not so bad this time because we've had. Here we go. Let's see if I can do it. Uh, she got left on that boat in Lanzarote. <laughs> <laughs> had the trauma with the master and chameleon. Uh, got Spectrox toxemia and was knocked out. Uh, got strangled by the new doctor. <laughs> oh, uh, what? On? Hey? I thought you said her stroke on. <laughs> <laughs> no, strangled got, by got the new Strangled doctor. by the new doctor. Uh, and then she got captured by the cryons. And now she got turned into a bird. So, oh, that was what I was going to say about the Doctor and Perry. All that stuff in the TARDIS. They give Perry some really... I mean, she's supposed to be like this 19-year-old student. And she had a few weird phrases. Oh, there was that bit about with the Doctor like burning supper. She was like, last night I was supposed to have a cold supper, as you remember. Just some like weird com- like lines that they have. And there was another one. Where she, it was in the punishment dome. I didn't write it down. It was something like, oh, like, I've, I, I can't remember. It was, she was describing how she was feeling afraid. But instead of being like, that was scary, she was like, that was like something out of one of my worst nightmares. Or, you know, it's like that. I don't know. Just the, wor- I the words that that's supposed her. to be like some American, like, it is obviously British people writing what maybe an American might exaggerate it as. I don't know. It's just it's just really long winded and descriptive, rather than be like, "Oh my god, that was scary." They just stood out because I feel like she's saying dialogue rather than being the character. It's like we'll give her extra dialogue, but um, I can't remember what we're talking about with Perry now. You were doing a trauma watch. Oh, because she got turned into a bird. What do you think about her being a bird? I don't remember it that much. That was like the, a really big part of it. In which episode is this two? Episode two, Aretta and Perry. There's a lot of two that's a bit of a blur because of the whole Uber Eats thing going on. You saw her as a bird, though, right? Yeah, but I don't remember remember the whole bit running into it. Well, because the Doctor and John Dyer get taken to be, like, sort of hanged, and it's, like, fake hanged. I saw all that. Yeah, and then the girls are taken off to be turned into whatever this... I saw them led down. Yeah, and then Aretta was a reptile and Perry was a bird for a little bit. Not for long. They just sort of laid there. (laughs) Do you not remember that? Okay, best probably not. I literally anyway. just remember them being led down because it was jumping between that and like them with their ropes around their necks. Okay, so when Perry and Retta were a reptile and a bird, it could have been at Sarah that was point. on the phone to Uber. It could have been at that point when I was replying to the guy on on Twitter. So, <laughs> well, you missed a good part of the story. So, <laughs> anyway, it looked good. It wasn't for long, but it was something else for her to do. She didn't talk or anything. She just sort of laid <laughs> there with feathers on. She, she was a bird. Yeah, yeah. And then part two. I mean, it's a good cliffhanger. Really good cliffhanger. Also, doc- sorry, why did they turn them into cre- animals? Like, why well, cre- no, no, because um, it's a torture thing. So you lie down and it takes out subconsciously what your fears are or anything. So he says, like, 
Perry wants to fly out of the situation and get out. That's why she turned into a bird. It sort of oh, takes like stuff from your mind and turns you into whatever. I don't know why Eretta was a reptile. I can't remember now. But there was something about <laughs> something in her subconscious about turning into a, a reptile. Wanting to crawl away, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, great end of cliffhanger, though, with the doctor in the desert thing. Yeah, that's and really he collapses. But you've got that. But then you've got the the meta thing of him going and cut it now. Like that's the cliffhanger for the viewers on Varos and for the audience as well. Brilliant way of doing it. I uh, yeah, I was like that was a good cliffhanger. I agree. I felt that too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And okay. In part two, the most controversial scene, which I hope you were watching. <laughs> um. So the doctor wakes up. He's all right. And it's the acid bath scene. Yes. This is controversial amongst... Oh, really? You forgive me if I don't join you. Well, with fans, and I think at the time, again, for the whole violence thing, because you've got the acid. Well, one, it's gruesome, because you see the guy with his hand out of the acid. But in terms of the fans talking about it, it's the doctor pushes and murders somebody in an acid oh. bath. See, I didn't see it that way. Because he's fighting. And I get it. I do and understand it, it. And it's but... sort of an accident. And you see his look like, oh, that's not nice. And I, you don't know if he knows it's acid or not. But then he does that line, oh, don't mind if, you know, mind if I don't join you or something, and walks off, which turns that into uh, the doctor's joking. He's just seen two people and he pushed one of them in <laughs> an acid bath. And then he makes a joke and off he goes. And this was used as a bit of a, well, this isn't a great doctor this isn't a good character. This is too violent. The Doctor shouldn't be acting like this. I didn't see it like but you that. It did, didn't stand out to you? No, I'll tell you, because, like, if I think of Third Doctor and some of his, like, heroic moments, I didn't think of it as, like, I thought that he was escaping that situation and I thought it was, like, he didn't exactly go, like, in you go. He's, like, remove. he's dead. And also, it's not like he's just walking along a bridge and just pushing a guy over. Yeah, I know, I know. He's getting like, out. He's of the trying to escape the situation, so he's pushing his way through. And by and then that line, I just saw it as a bit of a throwaway of like, uh, "Oh, I don't want that." And like, you know, just like a, I didn't see it as like an overly. It's violent the way it's done, but I didn't see him it as a violent act from him. I just saw him getting out of that situation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's why it's sort of. Divided people because I can, some... but I can understand why people would think mm. that. I can see that. Yeah. So, do you think there is too much violence in this? Although it's about that in the story, do you think the way it's shown and the things that happen, it's not too, it's not so bad. But then, you know, because we had all that last. I mean, okay, week. put it this way: if that guy was topless and we could see like some, like it's a light on him and it's on his wrist, and you can see that he's in pain. But it's not like we're watching. It's not like last week when they put a gun in someone's mouth, or like. And even then, I was like, "But we've had worse." But like, but equally, I was like, "That is probably a little bit too far." Or when we had the blood on the floor, there's none of you don't see any blood. You don't see anything like that, really. It's like, and a lot of the like issues are like in their art, like in their imaginations, fear, and the the trauma induced things are from their own mind, not from what's. So all you ever see, even with what's his name, his hands get covered, which is done. It's done differently every time, apart from the first time. Did you notice that? So you know when he goes into his chair to do his vote. 
Oh yeah, and he has the he gets the wrist right. things done. So yeah. Over time, he puts his arms in and it wraps them up first, and then he gets his votes. And if it's yes, he's released. And then if it's no, he he gets buzzed. But the first time, his arms are free, and then it does the vote, and it's no, and then he gets himself wrapped in. It does it that oh, way. I didn't know. Did it that, that way the first time, and then every other time after that, he was already in it. And it either released if it was a yes or he was already in it and then knowing he was buzzed. But the first time he actively goes like arm, arm, it wrapped round and then he he did it. Maybe that's just trying to show how it's done for the first time to the It might have been, viewer. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose I would if I was writing in to complain that it was Doctor Who was too violent, I would write in about Attack of the Cybermen last week than this one. Yeah. Because I felt like I it was unnecessary. About, and also I think it's more to me, I felt it was more mate. I could see why people would say it's fine because the whole point is that they're selling violence and other people are buying it and watching it, right? And they're making money from it. They've got this little entertainment enterprise going on. So I could get that because it's basically saying it's promoting the idea of violence and I could see how that could be a thing. I didn't see it that way. I just didn't think it was as violent as what we've had and... I didn't see the doctor as being like, I just saw they were always of their minds or trying to escape a situation. That's no different to any other time. Yeah, I suppose so. And they got the bit. Think of, of like when Unit have been like shooting at things. How is it any different? But yeah, well, that's different. It's not the doctor, I suppose. But the doctor, well, other than escaping to get out of that room, and I'm sure, I can't think of any now, but I'm sure there are times when the doctor to. Re- I mean, we've actually, we have seen it where like, They've been trapped and he's done some sort of arm thing and twisted people down. It just so happens that he's pushed these people into bats. Yeah, but I don't think he's like kills them. He knocks them out or he restrains yeah, them. Yeah. I don't think he like purposely thought, I'm going to push you into a vat of acid. Well, no, but then at the end with the vines, those poisonous vines, if you touch them, he rigs it up with the string. So bold guy and Quillam, and he's like, release it. And they get got by the vines and killed. So, I mean, he's setting it up with the intention to do that rather than to find a, a different way of doing it. So, uh, yeah, it's but it's not so... You can read it either way, really, that he's trying to get out of the situation, or it's like kill or be killed, I suppose, yeah. in a way. Yeah. But he, he, uh, he feels like he doesn't have... And just the way I think he's playing the Doctor, this Doctor, that has that confidence and and just the way, just the way he plays it, he doesn't really reflect on stuff that he's done in that way but that's just not his character to do that whereas maybe a different doctor would be like oh that's i'm you know i'm sorry this had to happen or i should have found a different way to do this this doctor is more like haha you're dead let's go (laughs) you know (laughs) so maybe it's just coming across maybe just a couple of these elements the sort of violent the story the way the Doctor's played, they sort of come together to make it a little bit still tasteless in a way. I mean, yeah, maybe. I just didn't see it that way. But I can get why people did. Or would. So do. That's not to say anyone's right or wrong. I think that's kind of the beauty of this sort of story, is the debate of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is definitely one that's, yeah, got a good uh, re-watch value as well. And oh, yeah. yeah, you can definitely talk about it. And it's just got it's just got a bit more to it than it's because that's what Doctor Who's always done, sort of social commentary stuff. And Absolutely. this is what it's doing for it's the nineteen eighties. 
this is yeah, the 1980s old, version yeah yeah so it's perfect for that for that time uh whether people saw it at the time or not in that way well you can argue that even now and you like the doctor and perry a bit more now yeah yeah i felt like this was a really good doctor story really good for this doctor um i liked that he was working with the other people because also bear in mind like his motive initially is to just get this thing for the TARDIS, right? It's not until the end that he gets it. The whole time he's trying to help those people out and figure out their way out so that... And then, in the end, they do get what they want. But I like that this felt like a a Doctor Who story. It felt like they've gone for something, they've ended in this, and now he's trying to do the right thing and help them rather than his... What felt like, oh, well, I'm not, I don't want to get involved in this stuff. I'll go and do my thing. Mm, good. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, better than last week, definitely. Cool. Well, the next story is obviously two episodes. <laughs> it's called, I have to check. Oh, yeah. The Mark of the Rani. I mean, it, it'll be some sort of like people have something on their arm or something. It'll be a mark that way. (laughs) Not you, Mark. (laughs) And, like, in my head, I thought bugs or something. Okay. We've had a lot of bugs, slugs and things recently, haven't we? (laughs) I know. And I don't know why I thought that. Bugs or slugs. We'll see if there's any bugs or slugs in it, then. (laughs) Okay, well. Can you find us, Mark? You can find us at... To watch who on Twitter and Instagram, or you can support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash to watch who. And yeah, well, it's time to to vote and vote us off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Vote us out. Let's see. <laughs> see what happens before we enter the oh no, but maybe we'll just go into one of the zones. Fine, we will um see you next week for the mark of the Rani then. Yeah. See you then. Bye. Bye. Watch who? And cut it now.